Amen. Amen. I appreciate what I feel here today. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to let you be seated. We are not going to dismiss just yet for our children in their classes. We've had an exciting week, haven't we? In many ways. And one way that it was exciting was that we baptized two individuals this past week. Amen. Amen. I told you last week, nothing is going to stop the church. And I mean that. We have a couple of certificates for these men. Uh, Adam Garcia, this is for you if you want to come up and get this. We baptized him last Sunday. And, amen, we know the Lord is working there. And one... This is for you. Come on up, Juan. God bless you. Amen. We had a, a great Bible study with Juan on Monday night after the anger management class. And before the class even started, he told Brother Kyle and I, I am ready. Amen. Amen. That was great. That was awesome. I'm looking forward to more. I'm expecting more. I don't want to dismiss yet. I haven't forgot you. Um, we talked a little bit about this. We were having a meeting before service. And I want to share a couple of things um, that I believe the Lord is wanting to just make sure we are all together in this. Everyone say mobilize. mobilize. To be mobile means you're not stuck in one place. And I believe we are entering, we, we are seeing around us the fact that we need to be able to mobilize his church, the Lord's church, this church. We... Uh, I, don't, ready, I'm not, don't worry, I'm not getting ready to drop any bombs on you. Nothing like that. But I want you to, to know what I'm feeling. Um, what I said was, everything that we offer here in this, in this building, we should be able to offer that much and more outside of this building. And I'm talking collectively about the work of the church that we do here. Um, We've seen just this past week how quickly events in the world can bring a lot of things into question. Uh, one of those things that can be brought into question is, are we going to be having church? And um, we need to make sure we can all get the word and get the news and then share that with others. Uh, believe the Lord... Uh, Yesterday, he let me know that there are people, not just us that are a part of this body, but there are people wondering, where can I go to church tomorrow? Because of the things that have taken place. See, we know there's a lot of fear and a lot of worry and things like that. And that oftentimes is something that it takes to get people to turn to God. We want to be ready for that. 
We want to be ready for that, amen? We expect that. And so as such, we need to be able to have plans, communicate those plans. Um, the last couple of weeks, you've seen a slide up there on the screen about uh, getting the app called WhatsApp. That's, a, that's an app that we use for communication, specifically for communication about uh, events, announcements, maybe last-minute changes. Um, if you have a smartphone, you can get that app. And uh, we post in there whenever there is an, an event, a change. Um, but what you would need to do if you're going to join that is let me know that you've joined it so I can add you to our group. Um, also, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group for the church. We post those same updates and announcements there. Uh, if you are on Facebook, follow that. Also an Instagram page. Uh, make sure you... Get connected to those places because uh, I'll just be honest with you. When I feel like I need to share an announcement, that's the first place that I go is to those channels to share those things. And I'm hoping and trusting that as many people as can can be connected to that. I understand and I realize not everyone is able to make either of those two options work. And I don't want to leave anyone out. So if that is you... Just come up to me after church and say, I can't get into Facebook or WhatsApp or, or the Lord's told me not to put that app on my phone. I'm okay, I honor that. I'm okay with that. If that's you, let me know and we'll figure out a way because I want to make sure that we can all uh, get the word when we have messages and updates and changes. Um, where we meet, when we meet, if we meet, that's part of it. That's part of mobilizing the church, but also being able to give is an important part. This past week, we saw an example of how being able to give is an important part and being able to bless. I'm not talking about just the need and the scriptural mandate to, to give tithes and offerings. Uh, we need to be able to do that, and we're making plans for us to be able to do that. But above and beyond that, because the Lord has blessed us and he expects us to participate with him in the work of his kingdom, when the, op the opportunity is given to meet a need, we should be able to do that. And we, want to, we don't want that to only mean passing around offering plates in this building because that will limit the moment that we can't have a meeting here is the moment that we can't take up an offering here, right? So we want to be able to have other avenues and other ways of doing that. Um, this past week over in Italy, I don't know if you saw the news or some of you probably saw this announcement in those groups that I just mentioned. Um, we know about our missionary brother, Pedro Guzman, that's in Italy. Uh, they were affected much greater than we were in, in our nation here. And to the point where the doors were just locked in every building that said, this building's not going to be open and you don't need to get out of your house. They were basically put on lockdown across the country. And that therefore presented a need. I don't want to go into a lot of detail, but Brother, Brother Pedro and Sister Maria, uh, they exercised their faith to a great length to the degree that where we get our next meal, where we get... Our next direction for this day often is determined by where the Lord leads them that day. 
Everybody say amen. And so when all the doors are closed, that presents a need. And what we were able to do together collectively with our life church congregations uh, through that opportunity is we were able to give them over $2,000 in the space of just a matter of days to help get them through that time and whatever else might be coming up. See, we, we, we want to be able to mobilize in that way. We want to be able to give and stay connected to the work of the church and the kingdom in those ways. Amen? Now I'm going to dismiss our children to their classes. Why don't you go just stand and you don't have to shake hands, but greet someone. Tell them it's good to see them. Tell them you were wondering if you were going to see them today. You weren't sure about it. God bless our children and our teachers. Amen. 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 I'll let you be seated. I was talking with someone uh, just here before service. You can be seated if you'd like. I was talking with actually Tom, and we, he, he, he asked a question about what is the church going to do, and what if so-and-so, if, if somebody says you can't do this or, or whatever, and, and uh, the way that he asked it was, are we going to break the law? And, of course, my response was, no, we are not going to break the law. Um, and then uh, my, my follow-up response has been burning a hole in my brain since I said it. Uh, the reason why we're, I could say, no, we're not going to break the law. What I told him was, you're in violation of the word if you violate the law unless the law violates the word. Whew, and that's a mouthful. I'm just trying to say it, make sure I get it again. I get it correct is enough. But when you think about that for a second, you're in violation of the word of God if you violate the law of the land as long as the law of the land doesn't violate the word of God. I'll give you a couple of examples. You remember the story with uh, Peter and John at the temple when they healed a lame man. And then a, a, a huge discussion and debate ensued after that in the temple because they saw this man who they knew was a cripple walking and leaping and praising the Lord is what the scripture says. They said, how did you do this? And the long story short was the disciples said it was through the name of Jesus and power and belief, faith in that name. And so those leaders gathered together and said, what are we going to do about this? Well, let's tell them they can no longer preach in that name, teach in that name. They can't publicize the name of Jesus. And through a series of events, more than one time, these leaders of the churches told these disciples, you can't do that anymore. And in that moment, the disciples had to decide. Because in that day, they, they, the church leaders were a part of the lawgivers. Okay? They got to set what was expected of the community. Here's what you're going to do. 
And they would pass down a word. And so when they told the disciples this, the disciples said, whether it's right for us to obey you or God, you can decide that, but we know we have to serve God and obey God. And God told us we have to teach in his name. So we're going to keep doing that. Now, on the, that is an example where the law of the land got to the point where it violated the word or the direction of God. And so they knew, if the line is drawn, I'm going to be on the side of God and his word. But let me tell you another example. Pharisees went up to Jesus Christ trying to trip him up and get him to violate the law and by saying, do you believe it's right to what they call pay tribute? I would equate that to paying taxes. If someone came up to you and said, do you think it's right for you to pay taxes? Hoo-hoo. I did not think we were going to go there today at all, and I'm trying not to. But if someone came up to you and said such a question, Jesus' response was, here, give me that coin that's in your pocket. Whose picture is on this coin? And in saying such, he's actually he, he, he's teaching and showing them who, who is the authority, the governing authority of the monetary system. And they say, well, that's Caesar's picture on that coin. And Jesus says, render... That means pay. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Now you think, okay, well, he's just talking about paying tribute or paying taxes. That's, that's a principle that Jesus Christ shared there. By, by, by paying tribute, by, by doing, basically what he's saying is, if it belongs to Caesar and he gives you a command of what to do with it, you obey that command. You follow that command. And he says, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God's. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a good question right there. What is not God's? Now, part of what is God's is his direction to you and his instruction to you. So when he tells you, I expect you to be honest about paying tribute to Caesar. No, that's, that's, a, that's a God thing now all of a sudden. But so what Jesus does, he, he's saying, if there's not a conflict between the two, then it is right. Another scripture says, obey them that have rule over you obey them that have rule over you and this is not just talking about children obeying their parents saints obeying their pastor it's not even talking about that it's talking about god's system of authority and governing and it is good for you to obey it is your instruction for you to obey when there is not a conflict between what you're told to do by someone in a position of authority and the word of God, you need to be obeying that authority. 
Another scripture says, all authority is ordained of God. It says the powers that be. That's the authority. Those that are put in a place of authority. The powers that be are ordained of God. So I don't get to just look and say, well, this is a good leader. I'll obey him. That's not a great leader. I'm not going to obey him. All power, the powers that be, are ordained of God. So I'm going to say it one more time, then I'm going to get off this soapbox. I'm in violation of the word of God if I violate the law unless the, the law violates the word of God. Now, if that's not what you came for, the good news is there's more. <laughs> Look at Numbers chapter 6. I want to start here. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. This is during the time that the Lord was working with Moses to set up his plan for leading his people, the Israelites, after bringing them out of Egypt, setting up some type of a, an authority structure and a system of, of, uh, of governing and how we're going uh, to work together as a people. And so um, Mo, the Lord is talking to Moses about how to go about and establish these things. But this is a part of what the Lord says, I want you to tell to my people. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons. Those are the priests. Tell Aaron and his sons, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Now, if you, in case you didn't follow all of that, who's talking to whom, the Lord told Moses to tell Aaron to tell the children of Israel that message that he just delivered. The, this is what I want, the Lord saying, this is what I want my people to know. The word that I have for them. Tell them, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. Now, we, we use this oftentimes almost in, in just kind of a greeting type of a, uh, or a quick um, passing phrase. Um, if we're talking about, well, God bless you. God bless you. How many times do we hear that? How many times do we say that? Or uh, sometimes we will even say, well, let the, the, the Lord bless and keep you. That's, that starts, it generates here from, from, directly from God as a word to his people. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
cause his face to shine on you. I, I, I want you to know that the Lord wants us to know he will bless us and he will keep us. A lot of times, we don't think of him keeping us as him blessing us. But let me tell you, it is. The Lord looking out for you is the best blessing you could have on your life. So when he says, the Lord bless you and keep you, I, I, I may have used this illustration before, but to, to keep, when the scripture says, keep I get the picture I get the mental image of armed guards protecting someone or something maybe a city maybe a, a, an, an area maybe a building maybe a, 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 a county line country line something like that I get that picture because what they're doing is they're guarding and they're keeping that area. Now, what they're doing is two purposes. They're not letting the people out that are in that area for their own protection and for their own safety. And they're also not letting outside harm in. That's their job as the guard to keep that area or that person or that city so when knowing that when it says the lord bless and keep you that is what the lord wants to do for you he wants to be your keeper he wants to be your guard and what he's going to do when he's your keeper and your guard is he's not going to allow outside harm upon you He's the keeper. He's not going to allow you to be harmed. Psalms chapter 127. Psalms 127 verse 1. It says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord do what? Keep the city. The watchman waketh, but in vain. So, Okay, so we just don't need any armed guards. Is that what we're saying? No, that's not what we're saying. We don't need any protection, any, any uh, earthly protection. No, that's not what we're saying. The verse does not say you don't need to build a house and you don't need a watchman for your city. Does it? But it says, if the Lord is not the one doing that work, I would say directing that work, guiding that work, then that work 
is in vain. In vain in the sense that either it's not going to happen or it's not going to happen correctly. I would hate to build a house. I'm, I, I'm going to back it up for you here just for a, a, a little bit of a break. I saw this video one time uh, of a person that was uh, cleaning snow off of their, of their vehicle. They parked o- on the side of the road overnight and uh, woke up to a big snowfall, spent time de-icing and scraping ice and snow and clearing all of this off to get their vehicle ready. And then they pull their key out, unlock the door, and the car next to it, those lights beep, flash. That horn. They, they cleaned the wrong car. I would hate... To be building a house. <laughs> I'll give you another one. You, you, say you're the one that delivers all the house uh, material. All the lumber. All the nails. All the shingles. All that stuff. Heavy stuff. Big stuff. Pallets of stuff. And you get the address. You're told go and deliver it here. Drop it off. And the workers will be there. The next, you go and do that. The next day the workers call you. Hey. There's nothing here. What do you mean? I just did all this work yesterday. No, where'd you you do it? Here's the address. Wrong address. Ah. Did all that work. That's what we call in vain. Right? All the work, all the labor, all the time, all the effort was in vain. So what, what the scripture is saying here is, if the work that you're doing is not directed by God, it's in vain. It, uh, now, it, it, then it applies specifically to the idea of keeping. A watchman keeping a city and being the protector over a city. If there is anyone that I want to be doing things correctly, uh, on the job and doing it right, it's those people that have the, the responsibility of protecting. Brother Gary, this message is for you today. I want you to be alert. I want you to be at the right place. If you're responsible for protecting me, I want you to be, I, I want you to be doing the job you're supposed to do And I also, furthermore, I want that to be a God-ordained protection over my life. Now, I don't know how long this has been going on. That, I guess it's been going on quite a long time. But it it started to hit the news and then the uh, society... uh, where the idea that law enforcement is a bad thing. It's a fearful thing. It's something we need to watch out for. The, the problem is it, it, we're, we are all human. That's really the problem. And so to think that all humans are going to do all things correctly all the time is just... Naive. But 
to, to look at somebody doing one thing wrong and then labeling the entire group and what they stand for as, doing, as being wrong is a dangerous assumption, a dangerous ground to stand on. I pray to God I never need protection from law enforcement over my life. I just don't want to be in that situation. I don't even want to think about what situations would cause me to need it. But they are there for a purpose. They are there for a reason. Man, this is not what you expected after this week, is it? It's not what I expected. But the idea of who is in charge of protecting, keeping, guarding. And I did address this at the beginning. The powers that be are ordained of God. That's uh, those that are in positions of authority. They are ordained of God. That does not mean, okay, I'm going to try to help you for just a second. Being ordained of God does not necessarily mean being godly. Okay? We would think that. How can that be? Well, I don't know. How many countries in, across the world do you think have godly leaders, presidents, kings, prime ministers? Are they godly? I don't know. That's not for me to judge. Thank the Lord. But what, did God put them there? Are they God-ordained? The powers that be are ordained of God. Now, having that, having that understanding at such a broad level, and we talk about just leaders of countries for a moment, having that understanding, then watching the kind of the chain of command, or maybe even in a different setting, should help me with the understanding of, I don't, I'm not getting along with this person that's in charge, but you know what? They're the one that's in charge. It's a, it's a power that's in place. The powers that be are ordained of God. So again, as the scripture says, except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. Verse 2, it says, It's vain for you to rise up early or to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. And what that really means is, if you're not getting sleep, hear me, if you're not getting sleep because you are trying to fill a role or play a part that God does not want you to do. Who needs to change? Not him. It's vain. Just like it's vain to build the house or keep the city without the Lord, it's vain to spend my time when it says rise up early or sit up late. It's, it, 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 if, I, if what I'm doing there is trying to Make 
sense of something, to put my life together, or, or whatever it is. I have stepped outside of the God-ordained role and, 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 a, and position of authority and structure there. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. You could do a lot better going to sleep than you could staying awake, losing sleep, worrying and trying to figure out things that are beyond your control. Really what the Lord's doing is, how late are you going to stay up? How much longer are you going to put time and effort into that? Knowing that you cannot affect the outcome of it. This is the reason why I want to give you sleep. (laughs) Not just so you get your full eight hours and you feel great and look great tomorrow. No. So that you can stop worrying about this and let me take control of it. As long as you are sitting there trying to get something done, you're preventing me from doing my part. I don't doubt at all that the Lord is is looking over our world right now with that type of a a mindset and an understanding. How long are you guys going to try to figure these things out? Whatever it is. But I tell you what, the moment you decide to go to sleep, the moment you decide to stop trying to figure all this out and let me be God and do things my way, you will find rest. Look at Exodus. Chapter 8. Verse 20. This is, a, this is an, an idea. Uh, it's an example of when the Lord protects, when the Lord is the watchman, when the Lord is the builder of a house, and he's allowed to be God and govern over a, a group of people. This is the way that he can do it. Here's an example. This is a, a, right during the middle of the plagues of Egypt taking place. You know, Moses is going to Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. And if you don't, this is going to happen. And it happens. Okay, let's try this again. Let my people go. If you don't, this is going to happen. And it happens. All throughout that that. Uh, encounter, the thing continues to happen. Here's just one example of what we're going to read about it. Verse 20, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning, stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he cometh forth to the water, and say to him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Else, if thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee. I love, I, I, you're going to get to, I, I, sorry, 
I love to point out the fact that when the scripture says in italics, words, it's the, it's the translator saying, we're adding these words in English, but they're not necessarily there in the original word. In, in the scripture where it says swarms of flies, the two words of flies are in italics. So really what Moses is telling Pharaoh, if you don't, I'm going to send swarms. Maybe of flies, who knows? Maybe a dragon flies. I don't know. Maybe if, maybe if saber-toothed honeybees. I don't know. But the swarms are going to be sent if you don't obey. Upon thee and upon thy servants and upon thy people and into thy houses and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms. And also the ground whereon they are. There is going to be no escape from these swarms if you don't let my people go. Verse 22, And I will sever. Everyone say sever. I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people, everyone say my people, in which my people dwell that no swarms of saber-toothed honeybees. No swarms shall be there. To the end, thou may knowest that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. By the way, I'm also the keeper of my people who are in Goshen. And what I'm going to do... I. I, I picture it as a wall of these flies. I mean, swarm. It's going to be in the houses, and it's going to be on the ground outside of the houses, wherever they are. Swarms. So I picture a floating wall of swarm that stops right where he severs off the land of his people. No swarm is going to hit them, touch them, bother them. Why? Because they are my people and I am their keeper. When the Lord says, I'm going to sever all, it, it's, 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 a, it's just a part of the city. It's their own little gathering town. Okay? It's not like it's across the river, across the, the hills or the mountains. No, it's just a, a connected. Goshen was a connected part of the entire layout of Egypt. The difference was the Lord decided, I am going to sever. I am go I'm going to put a spiritual barrier around my people. You know why? Because I am the watchman. I am the builder of my house. I'm the watchman of my people. And I know when I can al allow something to befall them and when I can allow something to not even come close to them. I would... L oh, man, i got to stop myself. I almost gave you a little bit of preacher hyperbole there. I almost said I would love to have been there. Huh? Not if it's that versus 2020 and there's minors down the street. I mean, come on. But I, I imagine, I, I would love to have my children present in that moment and say, you see where that swarm is? 
Notice there's no swarm here. Take a deep breath. You didn't swallow any bugs, did you? No. That was wonderful. You know why? Because the Lord is our keeper. The Lord is our watchman. This is the this is the protection that he wants to give you and I. When I have this, earlier in the, in the book of Numbers, what we were reading, remember, he also said, the Lord bless and keep thee. The Lord is going to give you peace. The Lord give you peace. He hasn't stopped wanting to give us peace. Each of us. We see that repeated over and over even in the New Testament. All the, all the books, remember the writers, when they start... Verse 1, the grace of the Lord be with you. The peace of the Lord be with you. It's a, it's a gift. Why don't you stand with me? I'm getting ready to close here. It's a gift that the Lord wants to give us. This watch that I'm wearing, my wife gave it to me on my 30th birthday. That was quite a few years ago. Huh. Less than five, but to me it was quite a few years ago. But it was a gift that she gave me. And I've had to replace the band on it. Probably going to have to do that again soon. But it becomes meaningful to me. Not when I leave it at home. But when I wear it. When I take it with me. Some of you, if you're used to wearing watches, rings, I don't know, you go a day without one and it's like, ah, what's going on here? My hands are floating into outer space. <laughs> but the, the meaning behind this and the gift of it becomes relevant to me when I wear it, when I put it on, when I, when I see it, when I remember it. The peace of God that he wants to give us today is, is an opportunity to, to put something on and take it with you. To wear it. And then every time you need the reminder that you're wearing it, it becomes meaningful all over again. This is the gift that the Lord gave me. He gave me peace. Peace in the middle of a storm. Peace in the middle of a trial. Peace in the middle of uncertainty. That's his gift to me. You know, I don't want to be in a situation where uh, I'm talking to people about this awesome watch that my wife gave me and I love it so much as a great gift and be and go on for five minutes ten minutes talking about how much I love that watch and they say well let me see it oh uh, you know I, I left it at home I decided uh, I just wanted to keep it there and then they're going to look at me like why did you just tell me how much you love it if you're not going to wear it well 
if I'm talking about the gift of God's peace to me, and I want to go around telling everyone, I've got peace. The Lord's so good. He's given me peace. But then my life doesn't show it, doesn't reflect it. Just like they're going to say, how come you're not wearing that watch? They're going to say, how come you don't have that peace? Why aren't you acting like, why aren't you, what's missing here? You know your peace can be a testimony. It can be a witness. It can be your greatest witness. Especially in times where people thought they had peace but then realized quickly that they don't. You know, the Lord says, He talked to His disciples as He was getting ready to ascend up into heaven and He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. If I was one of those disciples, I'd be thinking, I should try to remember that. He's leaving his peace with me. Not even my peace. Not even worldly peace. Because he says, in the world, you shall have tribulation. To make it plain and simple, tribulation is just the opposite of peace. Trials, problems, struggles. He didn't even say in the world you might. Maybe one day you're going to need it. No, he said, in the world you will, you shall have tribulation. That's why I'm giving you my peace. And then he says, I have overcome the world. So my peace that I'm giving to you is greater than the tribulation that you're going to face in this world. I'd like every eye closed. I believe the Lord wants to give us His peace today. With your eyes closed, we heard Bishop, those of you that were here on Tuesday, we heard Bishop Schoonover talk a little bit about fruits of the Spirit and how they become evident in our life when they're needed. Peace, you know, is a fruit of the Spirit. Last week, eyes closed. Last week, when we addressed uh, the current state that we're in with viruses and, and all that, going on. I did that knowing that things might get worse this week. And now here we are again. We don't know what this week, this coming week is going to be like. And what I'm telling us today is that we don't have to know what this week is going to be like. When we accept and receive His peace, then when a tribulation comes, when a trouble comes, I get to just lean on his peace. I get to pull out his peace and, and, and just put that on and say, Lord, thank you. 
In the name of Jesus, God, I pray the spirit of peace be imparted to this group today. Jesus and all those that are connected to the ministry of your body. I pray the supernatural impartation of peace to us today. Lord, the peace that will keep us. Lord, the peace that will surround our mind. The peace, God, that will protect, that will give rest. Lord, that we would find rest into our soul because we're leaning upon you and your peace that you've given us. We take courage in you today, Father. We take courage in you today, Father, knowing that you have overcome this world. Every challenge that we may be faced with, God. Every, every struggle, every hardship, Lord. We take courage because we know that you have overcome this world. And you've left with us your peace. Lord, it's not the peace that the world gives. Our peace is not in men. Our peace, Lord, is not in governments. It's not in earthly leadership. God, our peace is in you. Our strength is in you, Father. I pray supernatural protection over your people today. Over your body today, Jesus. Lord, in your name. I pray the covering of the Spirit, the covering of the Spirit of peace on us today. In the name of Jesus, if you receive that, I want you to just respond for a moment to the Lord. Respond to the Lord in prayer for just a moment. Let Him know, let Him hear your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you'd like to come to the front and pray, these altars are open. In the name of Jesus, come on, the Lord is here. He's pouring out of His Spirit today up upon us. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we seek after You. We seek after You, Jesus. Let us learn to seek after Your peace, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray your peace on your people, Father. Let it cover our minds, Jesus. Let it cover our minds, Jesus. Let our minds be washed and cleansed, Lord, so that only you and your pure thoughts, Lord, would dwell in us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, we receive it. Open up your mouth and speak to the Lord today. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I claim it today. I receive it today, Jesus. You are my peace. You are my peace. You are my portion. 
You are my strength. Lord, I pray that same supernatural protection over the families of those that are here today. I pray, God, that it would reach beyond this building today, God, and that it would flow, Jesus, that it would flow. Your peace would flow throughout your body today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, nothing is going to stop your church. Nothing is going to stop the work of your church and your kingdom. Let it be established today, Father. Through the truth of your word, let it be established today. You are great, Lord. You are great, Lord Jesus. Lord, you're teaching us to wait on you for strength. You're teaching us to wait upon you for the need of this day. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now for those that are, that are struggling with a sickness today. Lord, we loose your healing spirit to flow right now. Jesus, we loose your healing power to flow. I take authority today over sickness, Father. I take authority in the name of Jesus over disease. Jesus, all power is in you and in you alone. We lose healing today, God. We lose faith today, Jesus. Lord, in your name. God, I speak to those hearts right now. God, those hearts that are in a place of worry, those hearts that are in a place of distress, I speak to them today, God, that the peace of the Father that surpasses understanding would begin to flow. Jesus, that it would begin to minister today. In the name of Jesus, God, I believe that you are turning hearts back to you right now. Jesus, I pray, we loose the work of your Spirit in this city today, Jesus. We loose the work of your Spirit today, Father. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray for those that have been put in positions of authority right now. Jesus, I pray for those that have natural leadership over your people. I pray wisdom, that you would grant them wisdom right now, Jesus. That you would grant them strength right now, Jesus. I pray strengthen their mind, strengthen their body, strengthen their spirit, O oh God. Give them wisdom, I pray. Give them strength, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, the word of wisdom. 
the word of wisdom. We loose it today, Father. We loose it today, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, these are your people. And you are the watchman. You are looking out for us, God. You are protecting us. For you care for us and you love us, Jesus. I thank you for it today, God. I thank you for it today, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, I'm not going out on any limbs here. I'm not going out on any limbs. I'm just speaking with common sense. But I want you to hear me. I would not be surprised at all this coming week if you receive some kind of news in some kind of fashion that you don't want to hear. In that moment, remember the gift that you were given today. Amen? Remember His peace. His peace is... When I have His peace, it is not affected by news events. It, It becomes enacted... Oftentimes, at the hearing of news events, but it is not determined by that. But you know what? If I always had my way and always only ever got good news, my need for his peace would diminish quickly and just go down and down and down to the point where I might not even realize I've stopped needing it. So don't don't be discouraged when I say that this week we don't know what's going to happen, but it may not be all good news. He told his disciples, take courage. Not like get brave and get ready to go fight stuff. Not that kind of courage. Take heart. Be heartened. Because... He has overcome the world. Amen. Sister Schoonover, I'm going to hand this microphone to you. I appreciate the words that were said today and the peace that I have this week I was um, reading in the book of Exodus chapter 23 and came across something I've read a number of times but it jumped out at me and grabbed me I'm just going to take a couple of minutes here the Lord gave instruction to tag on to what Elder Flowers had to say the Lord gave instruction He gave uh, details on their daily life. He gave them details on what 
festivals to have. And then he talked about uh, troubled times they were going into, just like Brother Flowers talks about the peace that we carry. And the Lord told him, I'm going to send an angel before you. I don't have my Bible. I set my Bible down somewhere earlier, and I have no idea where it's at. And I'm going to send an angel before you and do what the angel instructs you to do, and please do whatever I ask you to do. Don't lean to the left or to the right. Just do what I ask you to do. And then he said, I'm going to take care of the Hivites, the Canaanites, a number of ites out there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead the way for you. And then he said he's going to send hornets. You were talking about swarms. And it took me back to that scripture. I'm going to send hornets. This is God talking. I'm going to send hornets into the land to drive out the army. Now, God could strike them dead or give them some weird disease, but he says, I'm going to send the bees in. I'm going to send the bees in and drive them out. But then the verse that really stood out to me was he said, little by little. Um, And I had to reread that. Little by little. God is saying, little by little, I will drive them out. Not all at one time, but little by little, I will drive them out. Because if I drove them out, this is paraphrasing, if I drove them out all at once, the animals would take over. The beasts of the field would take over and you could not inhabit the land. But little by little, I will drive out these Canaanites, Hivites, using bees of all things, so you may come in and take. God takes care of us right down to that detail. Little by little. Go read it. It's the end of chapter 23 in Exodus. Little by little. He knows every detail. I know what it's like to be chased by an angry bee. We rent bees to pollinize our orchard. And every once in a while, if you take away the queen bee, they come and pick them up and they haven't gone back to their nest. It'll ruin your life. You can't function. Little by little, God takes care of things. He goes before you and he takes care of things and he sets your way in order using things that you really may not imagine a bee, a swarm, little by little. And I'm so thankful that I serve a God that knows every detail of my life. He knows what our week holds. He gives us peace. And little by little, he is drawing people unto him and creating and posturing the people of God and the church that we can be a light to our community, that we can bring peace to our community. So I'm thankful for the word today, Elder Flowers, and for everything that has been shared today. And I do hope that you will follow his instruction and download the WhatsApp or or find a way to communicate because things are changing and it may not it may not affect us in the Yakima County but it is affecting our congregations in King County and some in Pierce so but you know what little by little God has he's working all things for his good let's stand and we'll pray today
If the ushers will come,